Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Today is Sunday, October 10th, and The Spilled Tea is live. Sarah Silverman takes Hollywood to task on Jewface, but is she being hypocritical because of her past? Marvel's new movie, The Eternals, will feature its first openly gay married character, but played by a non-gay actor. A former Tesla employee sues the company and wins $137 million as he fights for equality in the workplace. Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp face an outage amid Francis Haugen's bombshell 60 Minutes interview. Jacqueline Moore, the creator of Netflix's Dear White People, reveals that she is boycotting the streaming service over Dave Chappelle's harmful transgender jokes on his special, The Closer. Good morning. I am your panel moderator, Emmy Morgan, and I'm joined by Veronica Dang. Say hi, Veronica. Hello. And we are just waiting for Joe to come on, Joe Willis. Um, while we're waiting for Joe, why don't we uh, why don't we see what's been going on in the past week? How has your week been? Been a very interesting week. I'm very busy. Yeah, because uh, I'm like producing two shows coming up. One for my oh, right. sketch comedy team, the majority. And I'm doing uh-huh. my Julia, which is, like, on Friday, which is crazy. So we're, like, basically, oh like, gosh. you know, putting it up in, like, a week. Like, we started a rehearsal, fri- like, our first rehearsal Friday, and then two more mm-hmm. rehearsals, and then we do it. It's, like, insane. But it's going to be really cool. So exciting. Being in a barn and everything. But happy hour So exciting. Getting to play by Dreamworld Juliet, which is very cool. But, yeah, it's part of a development mm-hmm. reading because um, I just want to try to figure out, like, what's the script is like the because I'm doing a like mm-hmm. a modern uh, a bridge version of it, but eventually mm-hmm. like I'm hoping to use that to get more grants so I can actually put on an actual like showcase, and then eventually Dang. take it to tours because I want to take it to like communities of color because they don't really get mm-hmm. exposed to theater with people of color in it <laughs> that often. So mm-hmm. I know I didn't growing up, but uh, and then we addressed issues of like mental health and substance abuse and stuff. In, the, in my modern okay. version of it, too. And then... Uh, yeah, and I think uh, that's why uh, Hamilton did so well, because it was a play with people of color in it. So. Yeah, exactly. Diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I discovered something really fun that I think may be my new calling, which is air guitar. <laughs> I cannot deal with you right now. <laughs> I, I cannot I had even. A, I had to do air guitar. And I never, like, thought about air guitar. Like, I thought it was, like, just, like, a white frat boy thing, you know? But then, because of this audition, I had to, like, learn about it. And I'm, like, now I'm obsessed. And I've just been watching, like, air guitar YouTube videos. And then I injured myself doing too much air guitar. <laughs> I cannot. I, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, how do you hard, tell man. a doctor that? No one tells you to stretch out before you have to do, like, hand banging and windmills, so. I can't. Wow. <laughs> Before we um, so, introduce Joe and, you know, do his catch up, what have you been watching over the past week? 
Well, I've been super busy, so I didn't watch a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But, um, of mm-hmm. course, I had to watch my uh, What We Do in the Shadows. So anybody yep. knows anybody, I'll say it every week. Please cast me. <laughs> Help me get uh. on there. And <laughs> I'm obsessed with that show. I want to be a vampire so badly. Um, and then I saw Kim Kardashian host SNL last night. What did you think? Um, I'm glad they got writers for her. Her monologue was pretty yeah. good. Um, but yeah. she and her family cannot act. It was really painful for me. I had to, like, cover my mouth a couple times. Like, when she's like, I've never been a gold digger. But I had to ask my, my mom's boyfriend, Corey. I was like, oh, Kim, no. Yeah, I was like, wow, she really went like after that family. She really did. She's and like, and about, I'm uh, running the, for the Courtney one. Yeah. Oh my God. That was like, rough. I was like, that was, she really does not like that sister. <laughs> they always fight. They like physically fought on the show. It's like a thing with them too. I don't know why. Maybe because they're so close in age. I'm not sure. But when she said that she didn't want to be the third failed political career in her family, I was like, I good Lord. I was like, ouch. This girl like, savage. Yeah, because, you know, um, the California range, Eesh. I don't, that percentage was I, barely, like, above zero. <laughs> I don't even know why Caitlin it thought was, she could do that. But, but I didn't um, think it before was I move that on bad. To Joe, before we move on to Joe, was there anything else? Uh, that was, oh, yeah, in the air guitar videos. <laughs> I cannot with you. I cannot. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> I even have an air guitar what for the name. I, I mean, we might as well hear it. I'm, I'm like. Fairy guitar mother. You're welcome. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Wow. I mean, we support you, but wow. Okay. Uh, so, Joe, um, what have you been up to? Uh, Try to follow that. Where do I go from there? Yeah, where do I go from there? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Very guitar. Join me in my right. quest for um, Air Guitar Supremedom. <laughs> I'm... Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what to say after that. <laughs> um, wow, I, my 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 week was certainly not that interesting. <laughs> and I am not the fairly guitar mother. Wait, fairy guitar mother, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. You had to have done something it, interesting. I mean, not that interesting, but something. No, nothing even remotely close okay. to that. Um, what have you watched? Up. Have you watched anything? I did. I watched. Um, I watched the Many Saints of Newark. What'd you think? I'm gonna. I'm. So, I don't think it was. I don't think it was great. I'm just gonna Ooh. say that. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think it was great. The, the problem that I have is that it, it's misrepresentative of what the movie's actually about. The movie is literally all about Dickie Moltisanti. 
Yeah, I was confused on that one, too. Like, why even bring... But maybe that's the point, to bring on young Tony so that the next movie will be about him. If they're doing another movie, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I legitimately felt like this was supposed to be the... Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the story that, that prefaces why, you know, t- like Tony Soprano's life. And it technically does, but it's not not saying that they should bite off of The Godfather, because clearly that's, that, that's its, its, its own entity into, unto itself. But, um, mm-hmm. but where there's supposed to be some overlap in the stories, like they could have focused on, on Johnny... They could have focused on Tony's dad. Like, that would have been... Yeah, they that would really have made more didn't sense. focus on him at all. I was shocked. They could have focused, they could have focused on his mother. I feel like that would have oh made, made sense. Oh, God. Because yeah. she's such, an, such a, a, a massive contributor to, the, like, especially the early part of the show and, and why he is who he is. Like, they could have yep. focused on that. Um, they could have focused on how... To me, they could have made it more about his his interplay Journey. with Dickie, not so much mm-hmm. Dickie's life. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, it was the Dickie Moltisanti movie. And that, to me, I think was misrepresentative of what what I thought was was supposed to be a, a, you know, some kind of prequel to the show. Technically, it was. I, yeah, I think that what they did was they set up literally for the next movie. Because this is... This movie, without this movie, we wouldn't know how Tony got his idea to get into the mob. So, I mean, I get it, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree, I I agree that it, it didn't that's... focus on him. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, Go ahead. That, that's the one thing that to me was a little bit, um, a little bit off-putting mm-hmm. about it. I think the performances in it were great. Yep. Um, the, the you know to me the acting was fantastic. Mm-hmm. There were, How I don't is, know if uh, there was any character. I thought he was pretty yeah. good. I, you know, he was pretty yeah. he was pretty understated because he wasn't really in the movie that much. Right. Don't you think it's Vera funny was to me when they out? cast through nepotism versus like that might have maybe done a better job or whatever. So I'm just curious. Mm. No, I, I don't think that, for the, especially for the role, I, I think he, mm. he did a good enough job. Um, yeah. For, for Especially for a, a, probably a fairly young and inexperienced actor. Um, I mm-hmm. think he did a good enough job to at least at least make you believe that this is young Tony. Um, yeah. But again, yeah. I, it, the, it didn't center around him enough or include him enough where I would have been like, oh, yeah, um, you know, I really can see what kind of range this character, had, this actor has. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. They they didn't even really explain how he met Carmela. She just was there. Like I'm yeah, like all of a sudden Carmela. What there. what the hell? How, no how way. Did they that get was like together? one of the central parts of a soprano no, relationship. No, it, she just kind of appeared, and you're just like, oh, okay. And it, like and, the it, whole and, you, and you wouldn't even have known. It wouldn't even have known if you didn't say her name. Said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like such a brief, like a brief scene, and it, it was. It was, it was yeah. To me, it was just really strange how they how they brought certain characters into it. Like yeah, between 
between Polly and Sill and yep. um, and Junior, like you have these very very powerful characters from the show that you bring yep. into this to this movie in just such a understated way. I mean, you could tell it was yeah. it was Sill just because of his mannerisms and how he was talking and his facial expression. Like you could tell. And and that the character did a the the actor did a, a great job of mimicking what um like uh what uh, was it Steve Van Zant um, yeah Steve Van Zant what what he did in 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 the show but without that you would have had no idea because they introduced him and he's got like this fucking weird hair and it's just like. And I think the same thing goes with with Polly. Like, you know, it's Polly after a certain period of time because there's certain things that he's doing. And but it's not like they come out and say, "Oh, Polly, do that, do, no, do this, they do didn't. that." So it was jarring. So it was, to I, I, see, I, I don't like, know. And the thing about Carmela is Christopher Maldasanti is her cousin through Dickie. So you would think yeah. that there'd be more interaction between Carmela and Dickie, but there literally was not. She just appeared out of nowhere. Tony was Dickie's, like, right butt cheek, and then out of nowhere, Carmela shows up. It was just strange, the whole thing. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> anyway. So um, I, I didn't think it was a terrible else? movie. I just think that uh, – I just thought it was disorienting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched um, – so I've I've obviously been in you know in previewing that and getting ready for that I've been watching The Sopranos um, just to yeah. kind of re uh, to to reacquaint myself with it which was I I just I can't believe how good of a show that was it really I, I really, Still, really it holds up it really just hits home yeah it's it was just a really really good show it's funny it's it's you know wacky mm-hmm. it's 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 a great show it's a, it, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I've been watching What If, which is the Marvel yep. Marvel series on uh, Disney Plus, which I think is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, it's enjoyable, but I don't know. I, I'll reserve judgment until I get to the end. Yeah, and that's about it. Cool. Um, didn't do very much anything interesting. I mean, the most interesting thing happened yesterday when we. Um, commandeered our friend Casey to be our co-executive producer, and there we go. He's made Yay. some structural notes. Oh yeah, we have to do that. Hi Casey, we love you. Um, he's made some structural notes, and he wants to you know elevate the show, which is amazing. Um, that was the biggest thing that happened, and that like happened just you know less than twenty four hours ago. Uh, as far as um, what I've watched. I've actually been pretty busy with what I watched. I watched The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal, which was a terrible movie. I just felt like he was flexing his white privilege way too much in that film. And it would have worked back in the 90s, but it doesn't work now. Um, Sex Life with that scene. Um <laughs> That was, in, I had forgotten about that scene. So when I watched it and it happened, I was pretty shocked. 
There was really no reason for it, but whatever. The creepy part about that show is it's about a woman who's living a perfect life with two kids and her husband that's amazing, and she has this thing for her ex that comes back into her life. And in real life, the actress was married with three kids and, I mean, allegedly left her husband for the guy who plays her ex-boyfriend in the show. It's just really creepy. So, anyway, yeah. I wish I didn't know about the backstory because it made their scenes even creepier, but whatever. And then, of course, I, I binge-watched The Squid Game, which was by far the creepiest thing I have ever um, – and when I mean creepy, I mean, like, unsettling. That show is so unsettling, but it's addicting. And basically, it's about, because I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't want everybody jumping on me. It's just about down-of-your-luck Korean people, because it's based in Korea. Down-in-your-luck folks playing childhood games to win money. And if you lose, you die. Like, it's not like you can leave the game. You're dead. So if you're not playing red light, green light, properly you're dead and it's bloody it's gory it's the storyline's amazing it's all good so i am 10 minutes away from finishing the snl but yeah so that is basically it so let's jump into some of these topics we have a few and we're going to try to do the mandate of one hour because we've gotten away from that so um First topic, let's start with uh, the Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp outage. Um, I sat through Francis Haugen's um, 60-minute interview, and for me, I felt like she didn't tell us anything new. Um, First off, she said that Facebook knowingly spreads misinformation and Facebook also, I don't know if anybody knew this, but you probably did. Facebook was the main source of communication during the insurrection. The insurrectionists used Facebook nonstop. And Facebook knew and didn't block them. Um, that was pretty crazy to hear. Um, and then right after this interview, the next day, Facebook, which owns Instagram and WhatsApp, all three shut down. So, I mean, is it a coincidence? I I, I don't know. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on on this outage and the conspiracy that Francis mentioned? Um, The conspiracy part, what I do think was important about that was the fact that someone actually came out and said it. I mean, I think it was mm-hmm. pretty obvious that there was some problems and their involvement yeah. in both the, the, the January 6th situation as well as mm-hmm. all of the run-up to it with, you know, basically giving a platform and allowing this information to spread readily without any, mm-hmm. any consequence. To me, like, that was, mm-hmm. a, that was important that someone came out and said it. Um, so, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, that was helpful. Um, it, it, it seems unusual that 
immediately after this pretty mm-hmm. significant test, test, you know, testimony and, and conversation. Like we run into a, a massive outage. Um, mm-hmm. That seems it seems a little coincidental <laughs> that all right. three have you know have been shut or, or were shut down for hours. Um, and I don't like to believe in conspiracies. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like to believe in conspiracies, but it's, it, it, it seems a little coincidental that this massive mm-hmm. outage happens right after that, that interview uh, <laughs> occurs on 60 Minutes. Like the next morning, all of a sudden, like yep. Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp just like miraculously all shut down for a period of time. And, it, you know, in terms of having a, a, a method of revenue, like the last thing you want to do is have a service out, service outage for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. So it just seems a little a little weird that you had this yep. service outage happen, and and you know I don't know if I necessarily believe it was a it was a coincidence, but I I don't want to do conspiracy theories. I, I don't want to be part of that either. I think so the I'm one gonna, shocking gonna... thing from her interview that I took away. I don't know if you you thought the same thing. When she said that there is a group chat for the employees, and the employees were even like, this is like an evil company. <laughs> that was shocking to me. Like, I, I don't know. Were you shocked by that? I wasn't super shocked by that. A lot of these companies, and, and I, I think it was, um, it was in one of the Netflix specials that they were talking about how, you know, these companies have internal mechanisms to try to make sure that they're they're doing things ethically. And I mm. just don't believe that Facebook is 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 like a real department. It's like a it's like a pseudo department. Like they have it for for um you know to put on a good face, but it's it's completely right. just done so that they can uh they can say and check the box that it that it's happening. Um but I don't believe that they're actually doing anything. I think you know, Mark Zuckerberg's not an idiot. He knows what creates views and, and mm-hmm. creates attention. And he's been doing this for a long time. And um, yep. and I think everything that he's done has been with with an intent of trying to drive, you know, to drive um, content, to get people there and to get them to 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 respond and to be engaged in, in you know, in, in the social media practice. Um, he's not an idiot. And, and right. the stuff... This stuff does it. it it's, I don't want to say it's all clickbait, but it, it supports clickbait and it makes it very easy for him to uh, to generate revenue. And there's no way that he doesn't know what the repercussions are. He has way too much information, and the system itself is is too smart with algorithms and and how um you know how they monetize it for them to be like oh you know I I, I had no idea that this was going to happen. You'd, you'd have to be a moron to believe that. Right, Veronica. What are your thoughts on this? And also. What are your thoughts on the fact that Donald Trump is only – he's only got a two-year ban. After that, they're going to restrict him from doing certain things and closely monitor him, but he'll be back in two years. What are your thoughts on that, Veronica? Well, the, the whole Facebook thing is kind of funny to me. But, I mean, we, we mm. definitely knew that all the stuff that was going on, but it's definitely important to have, to have it, like, said out loud. Mm-hmm. And then have like you know, and she also had a after the sixty minutes interview, and during like the the, the shutdown of the internet, um, there was all, she also had to do Senate testimony, 
She did. So, like, hope, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like, if she hadn't spoken up, I don't think that the Senate testimony would happen. And then also, mm-hmm. they were going to try to do, like, was it Instagram for kids, which is, like, the worst idea I ever. I saw. I feel like because of the whistleblower, they're not doing anymore because, you know, Thank she God. said, yeah, it's bad for kids, and we know it's bad for kids. Yeah. I just felt like driven, she didn't tell me anything like, common sense didn't tell me. That's what that's what I felt like. Like but to your point, her speaking it out, having worked there does make sense. But yeah. Yeah, and it helped True. I think you know, at least stop the kids Instagram or whatever. Right. The testimony hopefully How much did you say he lost? So, like, restrict it. How he, much did you say Mark like, lost? Millions, right? But it was still nothing like nope, still billions, rich, I thought. Oh, billions. Okay. Well, he's like, but he's still like, rich. Yeah. Yes. Like it's yeah. the fact that it doesn't even affect him at all. Chase him. Disgusting. Right. And he's like profiting off and, of people's pain, you know. And yeah, you know, I still the think thing. they're a little bit of accessory to like murder and sex, right? So that's another thing that I felt. I knew, but I just was like, I got confirmation about knowing that this company profits off of misinformation and hatred what that was that was crazy yeah because they're that all about crazy. this algorithm which is so annoying yeah i hate my feed now like i liked it when it was like yeah. i could do most recent and it won't let me do that anymore it's like algorithm and then i start seeing the same post over and over again like a million times and i keep on clicking on mm-hmm. things like stop showing me these ads or whatever stop, stop me showing these posts it's repetitive and they ignore mm-hmm. it so like why am i clicking this because it's like yep is going to force and, so it's like just feeds the like the emotions of people because that's how they said that's how that drives their views by making people upset and just to let everybody know when you search something on your web browser or you go on amazon facebook has a way of getting that information and putting those ads on your feed just to let you know um, yeah, for crazy, sure, because I'll be, like, talking stuff. about something or something will happen to, yeah. like, a friend of mine, and not, not even that yeah. I mentioned, and all of a sudden it's popping on my feed because, like, how they yeah. track, like, you know, browser history and, like, crazy. so scary. <laughs> and then what kills me um, about, like, everything shutting down is, like, this is why we shouldn't have one company owning all these things. Like, it should be broken mm-hmm. up. It, it was. Realize, but... you know, especially internationally, you know, like, especially WhatsApp. That going down is a big deal mm-hmm. for a lot of, like, people and companies and stuff. Yeah, that was sad. That was really sad. Um, oh, and then the I know thing, a lot of I people. I mean, I'm hoping they'll extend this ban, right? But Twitter is like indefinite. So, and Twitter's the one who's yeah, like really, really wants. That's why he's suing. And that's tw- why he's, he's suing. suing right now because he's like des- desperate for Twitter. Well, no, he's suing Facebook because Facebook has the parameters that yes, you're you're back on for two years. Once you come back on, you're restricted, and if you do anything else, you're going to be ban- you're going to be removed. So he's suing because he feels like they're taking away his platform. But at the same time, he's the one that said social media is the devil and all this other stuff. And fa- like it's so funny how he backtracks and nobody calls him out on it. But anyway, um, no, but he's suing of- Twitter because he wants his account back. He's never. No, I was joking. Like Twitter. So I was joking Thank when God. Facebook went down. It's like, oh, that's why he wants his Twitter back. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of hate, I think a lot of people are 
confused by the Dave Chappelle topic. Um, so here's what happened. Dave Chappelle did his special called The Closer. And I feel like he did it as a way of saying whatever the hell he wants. And then he's like, peace out. It's The Closer. I'm not going to do a special for a while anyway. So what he said, a couple of things that triggered me. One, he said that people should be mad at the baby, but they're not mad at him for the right reason. They're mad at him for what he said to um, the, about the LGBTQ community, but not that he killed the man in Walmart. Just to let you know, and I'm not defending the baby at all, but he was defending his family in Walmart. And he had to protect his daughter because someone was advancing towards him and his daughter when he was telling them to stop. So he shot that guy and killed the guy, but it was in self-defense. So bringing that up is stupid. But then the other thing that really triggered me was Dave Chappelle saying, you know, Kevin Hart, the baby, me, the LGBT community is punching down my people. He's literally saying LGBTQ people that are, Black are not included in his people. That's where I have a problem. That is where I'm like, fuck you in your favorite color. Because if it wasn't for half of the LGBT community, because a lot of people think he's funny, especially his show was hilarious, he wouldn't be where he is. Um. Because of that special, Jacqueline Moore, who created and wrote for Dear White People, told Netflix, you guys got to let this guy go. You, you can't do this special. And they were like, well, fuck you. And so she said, okay, bye. Bye. So she left. And she is a trans woman and herself, and she was offended by Dave Chappelle. Um, Veronica. If somebody did something towards Vietnamese people, would you leave your job? It depends on what they did to them. Yeah. I don't know if I would leave the Netflix. I, I know that sounds crazy. I don't know like if I would have left. Same for her to, like, lose the money for herself and her show over somebody else. Right. You're not fucking with my money, honey. <laughs> You're not fucking with my money. Sorry. Anything, do what you I do over there. Her, I think it, it, I, what she should have said is, like, give me more shows. Yeah. In in response, you know? Yeah. Because that's what the do you thing. Think like, of the whole, if they're going to have that, then the they should situation. have, like, comedians that are trans have their own specials. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. What do you think of the whole Dave Chappelle situation? I mean, it's hard because Dave, Dave, I don't know. Dave Chappelle is like one of the teams that like is the reason I do comedy. But now like as he's gotten richer and more powerful, I have not liked his comedy as much. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. is there something about money that makes people more bigoted or like, like, like J.K. Rowling is another one that, like, you have all the money rolled. Right. You could literally not say anything. Why do you have to say anything at all? I don't know. I don't know. But I've noticed that, too. Joe, what were you going to say? I think Dave Chappelle's funny. I think he's so funny. 
even do I with think this? Do I think his comment was insensitive and some of the commentary that he's made, especially in recent um, recent uh, specials, has been insensitive? I, I, I think especially if, it, if, it, um, if you feel it personally offends you, absolutely. And I think that's part of the, the slippery slope with comedy in general is that mm-hmm. some comedians are pushing buttons and they're saying mm-hmm. things that are controversial. And the bottom line is when they're testing material and trying to figure out what's going what's gonna to play when they're talking to an audience, um, you know, let, let's be honest. He's, he's looking at it from his personal perspective and, the, and, and what hits with his audience. And I think you've, you've said this on multiple occasions, like the black community in general has a tough time with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And so they, so as much as he's saying something that is probably personally offensive, I think it acknowledges the fact that there are things that are funny and offensive to other communities that there may be some overlap. There's definitely some overlap to think that there's no mm-hmm. black LGBTQ people is, is, is absurd. But right. I think that's part of, part of the issue is that it still resonates. Like there's still, there's still comedians that use, um, and it's far less frequent now, but there's still comedians that, that use other avenues that are offensive to, you know, to, to black people or to, to women. Like, like these are things that happen because the, the, there's still, there's still an avenue where you can make those, mm-hmm. where you can have those conversations and people will still laugh. People still find it entertaining. And does it make right. it any, um, it, does it make it any better? No, but I, I think that's one of the things that comedy has always been able to do is that they've always been able to push the envelope on, you know, skirting that line between what's funny and what's, you know, just shockingly offensive. And I don't know that mm-hmm. what he said was shockingly offensive um, because, it, it, again, it, it doesn't personally affect me, mm. but I could see how... If, especially if you were in a, an affected community, how those things would affect mm-hmm. you, how those things would be affected. So it's, right. it's hard because as a comedian, you want to try to, you know, you want to try to hone your craft and spend hours, you know, reworking your material. But by the time you even get to the point where you're presenting it in a, especially on a forum like, like Netflix um, for the masses. But, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think it's done with intent. There's a, there's a certain right. response that you get from the crowd that you know that you're going exactly. to get, and it's probably not going to be the, the people that are going to get offended by it. Conversely, you have people like Sarah Silverman, who appears in whiteface, or excuse me, blackface in 20, 2007, and then gets fired from a job in 2019, And then in 2021 has the audacity to say, you know, Hollywood has a problem of Jew face. What? Excuse me? Uh, So you're mad you didn't get cast as Joan Rivers in the new Joan Rivers biopic? So you're going to talk about Jew face and whatever? But you were pretty silent when, you know, Mickey Rooney played an Asian person. And breakfast at Tiffany's. And what kills me about her is she sat on her podcast and said, Jew face is wrong. 
we've been doing it. Stop it. But you can't take away Valerie Harper as Rhoda from me. Wait, hold on. You just said it's wrong. But at the same sentence, you say that it's okay for a non-Jew to play a Jew. So which is it, girl? I just, Sarah Silverman just needs to sit down. I think to Joe's point, these comedians today are not comedians. They want to go viral and get sound bites and get clicks because they know somebody will relate to their what they're saying. Um, Joe, and how I do you feel about the whole? Successful. They're out of touch. Yeah, go too. Ahead. You know, they don't care yeah. about marginalized people. They don't. And I don't think that Sarah's fight is about Jewish people in general. I think it's about her and how Hollywood's not casting her. So how do exactly. you, how does Hollywood blacklist her but defend Dave Chappelle? And I think that's what she's pissed about. Um, Joe, what do you think the, about the whole Sarah Silverman Jew face? I, first of all, I'm not a huge Sarah Silverman fan to begin with. Okay. Um, there's sometimes where I think she's, but she is funny. I, 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 there, there are a lot of things and a lot of um, opportunities that she's had to be funny, and I think she's she's done well in some of those. Um, overall, I just don't find her that appealing as a as a comedian or as an actress or anything. Um, but I, you know, I think again it comes down to how this is personally impacting her, who she's trying mm-hmm. to speak to. Um, you know, I think people. I think we can find something to get offended about if we really want to at, at all times. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, this is a stretch because I don't, I don't believe that, I, I don't believe that Hollywood is always trying to whitewash everything. I, I do mm-hmm. think there are opportunities where, where they're trying, they're just literally looking at how they can make the most money. And if they can, and, and I, I, you know, I made this argument with Scarlett Johansson too, you know, her putting her name, her hat in the ring for a role isn't necessarily her trying to marginalize any community. Just like I don't think anyone who's trying to play a Jewish character is trying to marginalize a community, but Hollywood mm-hmm. pays. And it, it's up to Hollywood to cast these characters and they're, they're, they're trying to make money, you know? And, that's, and, and ultimately, right. if, if that's where the problem lies, is the system itself because, you know, because people are going to pay to see a big-name actor or a big-name actress in a situation as opposed to someone that, that, that genuinely fits the bill for, for what that role requires. And that's, to me, that's a different, that's a different conversation. Um, and you whoa, can get whoa, 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 whoa. by some of these situations. Go ahead. No one, no one saw Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell. That was terrible. That should have been an Asian person, period, point blank. And I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm saying that I'm saying that Hollywood made a made a bet. They made a bet that Scarlett Johansson playing this this very like like there's no argument, especially when you're talking about like converting a Japanese anime into into a a, a movie, like a live action movie. There's no question Mm -hmm. of who should be playing specific roles. I don't think that's, that's right. even the question. The question is, is Hollywood making a bet 
that Scarlett Johansson is going to be able to, to propel this movie more so than any other actor or actors that they can put into this specific role. And that's where the, I think mm-hmm. the problem lies. They put, they put their yeah. money on that being the case. They're not concerned about the backlash. They know that there's going to be backlash. They're not concerned about how, it, you know, how it's going to be perceived. They're concerned about how it's going to put butts in seats and how they're going to be able to make right. money off of it. And for them, it, was a, it, it may not have been the best bet because clearly <laughs> it, didn't get the, yeah. it didn't get the praise that they were hoping. It, didn't get the, you know, the, it wasn't monetized the way that they wanted it to. So, so the, those bets don't always work. But there's plenty of times where it does, and that's what reinforces it for Hollywood in general because they can put Mickey right. Rooney in at Breakfast and Tiffany's, and for years after, you're not talking about putting Asians in, in, in roles where it's an Asian character. You're talking about putting right. people like Mickey Rooney in that, in that position. And Yul Brenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember, before we go to Veronica, do you guys remember when – Somebody, it came out that a movie executive wanted Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I do. I was like, please, that's no. Like, out. Come on. Like, who, is that person still in Hollywood? Uh, yeah. Probably. How do you feel, that's Veronica, the about the whitewashing of Hollywood? Well, you know how I feel. <laughs> I mean, so I know how you feel, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Sarah Silverman, it's like I, I'm glad she brought attention to it because it does bother me. Yeah. Like Joan Rivers is one of my favorite comedians, and I really think she should be played by a Jewish actor. Like it just yeah. bothers me that they didn't bother. You know, I and that thought a lot. Catherine Hahn I feel like a lot Jewish. of Jewish women are not played by Jewish people, and it's just like yeah. I don't understand why. <laughs> like. And also, but also I didn't like to comment about, like, Jewish face because that doesn't mean anything because Jewish people come in all types of yeah. colors and looks. So, like, yeah, agreed. I, I don't know. And I do think Sarah Tupac was funny. I like some stuff, but, like, when she talks about race and all that stuff, that she needs to stay away from that because she's not good at it. So I did listen to but, her yeah. story, her, her interview. What she said was, well, it wasn't an interview. It was a, um, on her podcast. She said, yeah. She's not talking about the face. She's talking about the mannerisms. When she got fired from that project, the woman that replaced her did the whole, oy vey, oh, he's a schmuck. She did the, like, the very Ew. atypical, stereotypical Jewish stuff. That's what she's talking about. Um, it's an important topic to have. It's just the wrong person to have it. I'm sorry. Exactly. It's like Donald Trump talking about racism. Sorry, I can't listen to you. It's a very important topic, but I don't want to hear you say it. Like, I'm sorry, and I know that sounds crazy, but sorry. Um, speaking of actually racism, I did not know this. The um, a Tesla factory, I forgot where it was. I think it was in California. Um, it got sued by a black worker named Owen Diaz. He sued for racial harassment. And he won $137 million, which comes out to $130 million in punitive damages and $6.9 million in emotional distress. This is what happened to this man. Imagine working at the – imagine working anywhere and having this happen. His coworkers would be swastikas, 
and racial graffiti all around the factory. When he reported it to a supervisor, they did nothing. So then that's when he sued and he won $137 million. Does this change how you look at Tesla, Veronica, as a whole? I'm not a fan of Tesla and Elon Musk. So and Elon, does not yeah. surprise me at all and does not change anything. But I'm glad I mean, he got paid. I'm glad that because yeah. usually we go through this discrimination our whole life and get traumatized and don't get money or yep. lose our jobs. So I'm glad that yep. he got paid. So at least someone got it. And he didn't just get a couple of mil. He got a hundred. That's a lottery. That's a lottery jackpot. Like he, holy crap! Wow, wow. Um. So Joe, how do you feel about the amount of that and how it may affect Tesla workers in general? Well, this is. Um... You know, this is this, this stuff goes on. This happens all the time, and I think it's unfortunate mm. that um, it's unfortunate that, that it takes 137 million dollars to to, to yep. highlight an issue that that happens far too frequently. And just again, from my own personal experience and being in HR, um, mm. you know, we we have a heightened sensitivity, and we should take all of these things very seriously. I don't think Tesla is special mm-hmm. in that way that, you know, that someone dropped the ball and didn't handle something the right way um, because otherwise the EEOC and, you know, and, and the court systems wouldn't have any of these suits coming through there, uh, coming across the docket anyway. So I think it's, I think it's great that, that it, it highlights that these are situations that happen in the real world. And I think it's also a, a sad testimony that, you know, that, that we still have to experience these things and, um, you know, and, and have to address them. But I think at the end of the day, we're, we're, um, we're, we're no closer because of this lawsuit, mm. because these types of lawsuits, believe it or not, happen so frequently. And these types of awards mm-hmm. have happened so, so frequently over, I mean, just over the course of the past 20 years that I can think of. Right. Um, and I, I don't think it impacts Tesla at all. Yeah, I was say, it's a drop in a bucket for them. That's yeah. true. I just can't believe, like, at first I was shocked to hear it, but when I, when I researched that it, was, it happened in 2015 and 2016, I was like, yeah, that's about right. Because I came out as trans around then, and it was still bad. So, yeah. Has anything improved? I don't know. So, to both of you, do you think that this is going to change how the culture. Do you, I mean, like, this is kind of crazy that this happened. Um, I've never heard of such a huge, um, huge settlement, but um, do you think it's going to change racism in the workplace at all? No. Probably no. not. Mm. But at least there'll that be sucks. rules to protect people, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish part of the well, settlement was like, hey, let's hire more people of color in, in leadership yeah. positions, but I don't think that's probably part of it. Because then people are going to complain, oh, well, he just got the job because he's a person of color. So it's like you're never going to exactly. win. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I what think were you say, the other thing that you have to t- I think the thing you have mm-hmm. to take into consideration is that when this 
when this lawsuit finally you know comes to the point where the jury awards this, you're talking mm-hmm. about a situation that happened six years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and six years ago was the country in a different place, sure, but. We hear about the and and again because I'm because that that is my my job. I hear about these lawsuits all the time. I hear about these awards mm-hmm. given by juries by the EEOC. I hear about them all the time. So mm-hmm. that I think that that is a better indicator that these things are an ongoing problem. It's not like this is gonna this is gonna be some watershed moment that changes the way that employers handle situations because it's not. It's mm-hmm. a it's a a gradation and you know we're you know we're talking about a situation that happened in 2015 but i guarantee six years from now we're going to be talking about another situation that happened i know where someone was at their employer and their employer ignored the fact they're being treated wrong for whatever their protected you know classification is and then the jury's going to hear this testimony and be shocked that an employer could do that and we're going to we're going to run through the same thing it's been happening for so long, but I don't know that there, there's going to be an immediate change. Has it gotten better? Absolutely. I will tell you just, again, from my own personal experience, that I have a much heightened, much more heightened sensitivity to these types of issues, but it's never going to go away. It's just how do we respond yeah. better and how do we, you know, how do we as professionals manage those situations so that no employee feels like they're not in a welcoming work environment. Agreed. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. No matter what is going on in the world, it could be a pandemic, it could be anything. That racism train is never late. Let me tell you something. There is always time for racism. They find a way. They find time. They make opportunities to be racist. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, um, are, are companies going to stop hiring racist people? No. Absolutely so, not. So there's your, there's Even your Hollywood answer. isn't. Yeah. Um, our last topic before we um, before we do our Eva Mendez and shout out. Uh, the Eternal is breaking new ground. So they broke... The MCU has literally broken so many barriers, it's not even funny. Uh, Black Panther, like, that was huge. It wasn't the first Marvel movie because you got to include Blade, but it was the first that made a billion dollars. Captain Marvel, the first female-led superhero movie, um, not the first to make a billion because of Wonder Woman, but still. And then we got Shang-Chi that just came out, first um, Asian superhero movie, and now we have The Eternals, which... I'm not quite sure still what that movie is about, but I will say they are featuring Brian Tyree Henry, who is not LGBTQ, but he is playing a married gay father. And um, his character, Fastos, is like the weapons expert for the Eternals. They're featuring him heavily, and there's actually a scene in the trailer for the film of him with his kids and his husband in the back. His husband is played by um, Paz Lehman, 
who is a friend of mine, a personal friend of mine, who will be on the show this week. <laughs> um, how do – yeah. The question is, Joe, how do you feel about – I mean, I don't know why I'm asking you, but how do you feel about a non-LGBTQ person playing an LGBTQ character? Um. I think it goes back to the same in this conversation we were having earlier about rep, about representation. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, is, is, is it is it a, a matter of whether Marvel's betting on this person to um, to be able to portray the character the way that they want it to be portrayed? I, I think uh-huh. you know the the conversation is to me more important about is there is it is it a normal a normalizing event. You know, that's, that yeah. to me is more important. Like, is it more representative uh-huh. of the world we live in? And I, I just like I think a, a, a gay character can play a straight character. Like, no one, yeah. got, no one was up in arms that um, Neil Patrick Harris played a womanizing, you know, uh, male slut. Yeah. Because, because he wasn't a, a straight male actor in this role. Like, no one gets up in arms about that. I think it comes down to... Right. You know, is the is the character being portrayed helping to normalize what real what the real world representations are? And, I, and to me, that's 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 you know that's up to Marvel to make that call if they think they can do it with you know a, a straight actor or a gay actor or, or you know whoever. And then mm. um, to me, that's 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 really what it comes down to. I'm not I'm not offended by it. Um, just like I'm not offended by Neil Patrick Harris. (laughs) Before I ask Veronica, just as a person in that community, I'm not offended by it. Here's why. Back in the day, if you were a black actor and you played a gay character, the rumors about you being gay were rampant. So Brian is saying, I don't care about the rumors. I just want to play a character. I'm okay with it. The only line I draw is when somebody cisgender tries to play transgender. That is my only line. Anything else in the LGBT community, I'm fine with. Veronica, what are your thoughts? I mean, to me, it just fits the pattern of Hollywood, like, not casting people and being representative, you know? I just, like, I would prefer that gay people play gay characters because they don't get enough Mm -hmm. opportunities. And that's yeah. the point, you know? And, and, yeah, same thing with Asians. I would like them to be played by Asians, not by white people. You know? Yeah. It's just, like, it's the pattern. Like, I just don't know this, ha- like, habit of, like, and then Jewish people not being played by Jewish people, and Hispanic people are not played by Hispanic, but by Italians. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why can't we... It's not like there's a shortage of actors in the U.S., so, like... <laughs> yeah. I do anything. have a question for you. Do you get offended when you see someone say... Malaysian playing Korean? I mean, it depends on what the role is. Like, if it's about okay. a Malaysian story and a Malaysian family or whatever, then yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But if it's like, like just that they're crazy Asian rich and they happen to be, yeah. yeah, like, you know, like, I think it would be nice to have a little more representation for Asians in that role. Yeah. There are darker skinned Asians like myself. You know, yeah. especially in Singapore, you know. Um, right. 
but I, but it's like a status thing, right? I, I think mm-hmm. you can go up, but you can't go down because there's more opportunities right. for like the rich, rich or Asians, like just like Koreans and Chinese. There's a ton of roles and a ton of money invested in those movies. But Southeast yeah. Asian, Southeast, well, maybe Bollywood, but like in America, I would say darker Asians don't get as many opportunities. So I feel like they should get to play whatever they want. <laughs> Unless it's like, like I said, like, like a Korean story with Korean language, like. Right. You know what I mean? I gotcha. Always wondered that. Um, it's like an opportunity. Even then. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always wondered about the Asian factor, so I'm glad I asked you about that. I mean, that's um, my personal opinion. Everybody feels very strongly or differently about things. Because it, it, Asia is a huge so many countries, so everybody feels different. Yeah. And then also Asian American I, versus Asian is also a difference too. I gotcha. Can I can I ask a, can I ask a, a question that is kind of related sure. to that? Sure. So, you know, when when we're talking about these these types of roles and these situations happening, um, is there is there the same response or the same reaction when, let's say, for example, you know, Ben Kingsley is playing. Mm. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I mean, yeah, that one's tricky because he is part Indian. Yeah, he but is. White passing. But, so, like, right, right. Know, it'd be nice passing. if they actually had who actually looks like him, but. It's very colorism. Yeah, very yeah, colorism. Yeah, they like, prefer white Asians or white. Because Gandhi Asians. was dark. Gandhi was dark. Yeah. And he's not. Ben is not dark. Exactly. So it's like uh, Yeah. And Ben's yeah, real name. That, that's his then. stage name. Ben Kingsley is his stage name. His real name is like Indian. So it's like he kinda whitewashed himself. But yeah. But that, but that's I guess that's why I'm asking because in a situation yeah. where he's he's part Indian and we're yeah, you know, and is the, is the argument that he's not Indian enough? Um, well, I think a lot of people didn't know that he was part Indian, Indian back then. No, you know what I mean? they didn't. And also, it's he's so now. British. If you were like a, yeah. crack, a, a, a like a drop of Asian, it was good enough. But here we have yeah. a lot more actors now, so you could cast a little more accurately now. Maybe not back then because there's less opportunities and less Asian people, you know. Krishna Pandit Banji. Right. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely he's definitely yeah. That's why a I didn't, bit. didn't bother me as much because at least he was Indian, you know. Um, but, so. But it's one people who are like European, white, 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 white. Playing Asian, that's the problem. I don't know why. Um. So yeah. Uh, just to wrap up. Eva Mendez moment was my brother and sister, me talking to them. Um, I said a, a nice message to my brother and sister in group chat, and they responded very positively. It was just, it was nice. I'm, I'm so glad I met them. And my shout out goes to Moses Reyes. He, this man lost like so much weight, and um, yeah, he's. He, follow him on Instagram, Moses Reyes One. Joe, what about you? 
Um, no, no real Eva Mendez moment this week because um, it just was a pretty mundane week. But I do want to give a shout out to one of my uh, very close friends who um, who's recently remarried, fairly recently remarried, and mm-hmm. um, we just got the invite. Well, I didn't get the invite. My wife got the invite for a baby shower because yep. he is having a little boy. Congrats. So, big news for my friend, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very happy for him and his wife. It's been a long time coming. Um, Aw. Pardon, pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're done. I can't with you. <laughs> I cannot deal with you. <laughs> oh, my land. That, that, that was actually a good this one. This guy. That was on his, that was um, <laughs> Veronica I picked him. <laughs> I said you picked him. Veronica, what are your oh, shout yeah. outs and um even the Yeah, moment? so of course, uh I have to acknowledge air guitar, so my inner rock star that I've discovered through air guitar. <laughs> And also, I'm with my family this weekend, and um, it's my dad's birthday, so it's been nice to, like, everybody's vaccinated that we can actually see each other and celebrate, because, you know, my parents are older and, you know, want to spend as much time as I can with them while I can. So, nice. shout out to my family, and shout out to Casey and Emmy for, like, their super power Aww. couple team running the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Sorry, the, sh- the show seemed a little rushed. I was just trying to get everything in, but we did. And um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, and come join us again. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.